Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Your place on the internet for all things Blizzard. I'm not Rossi. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Rossi's actually out today. I'm Ann Stickney, so I'm kind of hosting, but I'm also doing the email reading, whatever. I do everything. But I've got two wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's always here. That would be Mitch. Hey, Mitch, how's it going? Hey, it's going. It's Actually, it's going fine. Yeah, it's going fine. Good fine it's good uh secondly we've got a fill-in co-host with us today from well from lore watch <laughs> and that would be joe perez hey joe well hello everybody i think we've had you on the show once a couple times actually a couple of times i know we've had I, you at least once i i existed and helped pre-mitch <laughs> pre-mitch <laughs> pre-mitch i i in the the era before mitch the era ah. the era Is, prior to i would no oh, that's not a good acronym what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Okay then. Yeah. Um no, let's just not go there. So, uh yeah, today's show is a little bit different just cuz Rossi isn't here. He will be back next week as scheduled and everything. But um for people wondering, yes, we will be having a show on December 26th. And yeah, you probably want to tune in on that one or for that one if you didn't notice and maybe you haven't if you're listening to the recorded show. If you're listening to the live show, you probably know already. We've got a Winter Veil gi- giveaway going on on the website, and you can comment on the post for a chance to win a bunch of different digital goodies courtesy of Blizzard. Um, we also have a second set of codes of every code that we have for the drawing giveaway, and we will be giving those away on our live broadcast on Tuesday. So hey, if you've never stopped in and said hello, that would be a good day to do it. 2.30 p.m. Central. Be here. All right. Um, we don't really have a whole heck of a lot to talk about in the way of news this week because Blizzard doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to talk about in the way of news this week. It's the holidays. However, we do have a few things. And Mitch, I know you wanted to talk about Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, 
so the 2018 update came out, I think it was last week, right? Um, last, last week along week. with Hanzo, right? Yep, yes, last along with Hanzo. And the, the big deal with 2018 update, well, one of the big deals anyways, was that they were going to do performance-based matchmaking. And the idea here was if if you're doing really well in a Hero League match and like you're carrying your team and everything, but you still lose, before it kind of sucked because you, you pretty much uh, lost all of the same amount of points as your whole team did. And it was like, okay, well, I just, I really carried this team. This maybe isn't an accurate representation of my I skill. I busted my, my butt ranking. and I get nothing. Yeah. So the idea was that they were going to uh, reward that individual play a little more. Um, Almost put it more in line with like um, Overwatch style-ish ranking-ish, oh, right? Is, is that how Overwatch works? I, I don't actually know how Overwatch yeah, is like, working on it. But. They, use, they, they say it's not MMR-based, but it, it might as well just be called MMR-based. Yeah, so it, they were aiming to do that, and when it first rolled out, people were getting placed in very much the wrong uh, leagues, like, uh, what is it, Ferociously Steph, a popular streamer, and she normally, she has always placed Master or Grandmaster, I believe, and she got placed Platinum after you going 8-2. and two. We were talking about this last week, weren't we? I think we were talking what? about this last week, where they got, like, she got a ranking that was, like, why? We were talking about it in chat, but I don't think we were talking about it in uh, on, on the, the podcast. Show. Okay, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it was yeah. weird. So it was just weird. Sense. And a lot of people had similar stories where it was like, "Hey, I lost a bunch, and I was silver last time, and now I'm gold." Or, "Hey, I won a bunch, and I used to be gold, now I'm bronze." So Blizzard came out and said, "Okay, we're going to reset those affected, um, but it's not related to the performance-based matchmaking." It was apparently a carryover, like a seeding issue where things were carrying over from the previous season, which, okay, whatever. But then they, so they reset those affected accounts and uh, Hero League and Team League started over again, whatever. And it still wasn't working. So uh, they disabled it and like, I forget what exactly they did, but they ended up resetting it or disabling it for a bit, then turning it back on. And then they had to reset it again at some point. And basically it was just a whole big mess. And they finally decided to uh, ditch the performance based for now. I don't know when it's coming back. They so they said, just rolled it all back, essentially? Yes. And I think I think the issues are solved for now, but it was just... It's been a whole debacle, and it, it, not the... You know, I don't know if there's a good kind of debacle, but it doesn't exactly look well on the part of the performance-based system. Even if that wasn't the culprit, a lot of people are going to probably blame that or associate it um, well because the problem started with that so it it started with the same patch it didn't right. necessarily start because of it but yeah so that's been off to an interesting start i haven't done any of my placement matches um sometimes i do them pretty late in the season this season i was going to get a head start on them but uh with all these issues i decided to wait and i'm kind of glad i did um but yeah that was that was the big kind of i guess not great news out of uh, Heroes of the Storm. The the good news is that the 2018 update, most people seem to be enjoying it. Um, I know I'm enjoying it, and I actually, I kind of like Hanzo. I have to take back what I said about him in the past. He's not as bad as I thought. Hanzo's great. He's, don't, he's, don't he's, Hanzo. he's, and he's great play style-wise. I am not talking about his body. Okay, well, maybe I wasn't. Maybe. 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 maybe <laughs> 
Speaking of which, and, they're upgrading. They're updating uh, Hanzo's holiday skin in Overwatch. For people who are wondering, great. why the heck is he so gray? What happened to him? He's seen some things and been through some stuff on his classic skin. Um, they've updated it so that it actually reflects the comic more accurate accurately and reflects him more accurately so his beard and his sideburns are back to their normal shade of dark 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 i, I kind of liked gray i, I did, did too. too i wasn't okay i mean i didn't care either way what i wanted to know was did they fix his pants and i don't think that they have <laughs> <laughs> I changed the pants a little bit but they didn't take away the uh the unfortunate blotch in the creepiness. rear yeah yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really get what was casual about gray facial hair, but I also didn't care. I thought it looked kind of cool. It was a different it's, look it's for not, him, so. it's not. It's not the gray facial hair that's a casual thing. It's just his outfit in just general. Outfit. was. Yeah, it was the casual gear that he was wearing in the holiday comic from last year. The hoodie and yeah, the... Yeah. yeah. Like so the um, they were yeah. trying to make him look like that, and for some reason they decided to go full gray on him, which I thought looked kind of distinguished and nice, but it wasn't... Too. It wasn't exactly the Hanzo that we all know and love and appreciate, so they kind of they switched back to the other one, which was fine. Um, going back to Heroes of the Storm, though, the other thing that they're doing with Heroes of the Storm, and they haven't done it yet, so this is kind of interesting, is they're allowing you to gift Wintervale loot boxes oh, to that's other players. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it seems to be a limited thing. Like, they're talking about how, you know, the Wintervale loot boxes, they're obviously only available for a limited time. So you can only give them away for a limited period of time. But it's not entirely clear whether they mean just the Wintervale loot boxes. You won't be able to gift them to other players after Wintervale is over. Or gifting loot boxes in general is going away. Because you couldn't do that. You could gift loot boxes, like, anywhere else. You could gift, like all kinds of stuff anywhere else heroes was the only game where they weren't really letting people do that well they've been kind of switching the entire pay structure or or purchase structure around in, in hots for a while trying to find like a sweet spot and i think right it, it's it's constantly evolving right like uh how they just not too long ago changed how you can purchase skins and how that's going to be uh available and how long those are going to be available for like it, it, i was they happy did something to weird with that, and I don't think people were too happy about it, where like you can only get new skins with gems or some of the skins with gems, which essentially means real money. Yeah. Um, but or part of a bundle or something like that. Yeah. But well, anyways, no, there's, yeah, there's bundle specific skins, but they're also the the one thing that I think uh, at least the part that I enjoyed was that those skins instead of going just to pure shards or pure uh, luck will remain with gem purchases, which means that you don't necessarily have to buy loot boxes. You don't necessarily have to just grind loot boxes. If there's something you really, 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 really want, you can, you can just purchase it, it. And I, and gotcha. I actually, I, I appreciate that as a direct microtransaction. Heck, I even put money into, uh, I bought D- the diva skins immediately after that change went live. <laughs> so, and, and there are some, some things like there are some uh, bundle specific skin stuff that I know people don't like, and I can understand that part of it. I, I personally, though, I just, I'm more happy the fact that there's a direct, uh, I, I like input money, get item. I really like that model. Like that. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> Going back to the whole loot boxing though. It it was weird because all of the other games were pretty much, I mean, well, with World of Warcraft, you've been able to buy pets and mounts for people and, like, deliver them to them directly, that kind of thing, for a while now. For whatever reason, Heroes of the Storm was kind of the outlier where it wasn't letting people purchase loot boxes and, like, gift them to friends or anything like that. 
and it seems like the capability is there because obviously they're allowing this with the winter veil thing the question is are they going to keep allowing people to do that after the winter veil loot boxes are gone like can you just get a regular one and give it to your friend i hope so me too because that's always like a nice present option for people that you don't necessarily know what to purchase for get them some things from a video game why not it's kind of fun Plus, with the loot boxes, it's kind of a surprise as to what you're going to get in the things. I don't know why they didn't do that, like, initially, when they rolled out everybody else. I don't know if it was because they were doing the whole pay restructure thing or what, but... I, I think there's a couple different factors. I'm sure pay restructure is one of them. I'm sure the idea of how loot boxes are currently viewed in gaming in general was also part of it as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that the implementation of it, I, I think I think it's a happy medium. And I, and I think I'm happy to see that you can gift stuff like that. I think it's good. No, you have to be friends to gift. You can't just put in yep. a battle tag. Yeah. So I can't Whoops. just tell everybody on the show, hey, here's my battle tag. I'd have to Steam- accept you as a friend. I mean, heck, <laughs> you, he, even even Steam does that, though, too. Like, you have yeah. to be friends for a certain amount of time, which I think is fine. Yeah. Not that I'm saying anyone should buy me loot boxes. Mitch, <laughs> no. I think every friend that I have on Steam has gotten a ca- copy of um, Secret of the Magic Crystals because that's kind of obligatory. It's a present that you have to give to anybody that you're friends with Wait, on what? Steam. Oh, it, oh, it's a game where Hi, you, you brush, you brush and, and, and you brush ponies, pretty horses, and race them around a ah. track. And yes, it's very fun. <laughs> Is it better than My Horse Prince? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> That's a high bar. It is a high bar. But the thing is, is My Horse Prince only has so far you can go with it. I did thoroughly enjoy that game while I was playing it, though. It was fantastic. Um, All right. In other news, speaking of purchasing stuff, if you're looking for a gift for somebody and you want to give them the gift of Overwatch, it's half off through, I believe it's January 2nd. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, if you want to go purchase the game for anybody. Yeah, January 1st or January 2nd, um, you can get it for half off. So if you're looking for a last-minute gift for your gamer friends, get them Overwatch. Why not? Um, Everybody else is playing it. (laughs) Everybody else is playing it. Why not? Is it it discounted on all consoles or all platforms, I guess? Um, I think so. I need to double-check that. But I believe it's it's half off. Like, it might just be the Yeah. The digital versions. I'm going to double check that real quick here. Yeah. Okay. PC, Xbox One, PS4, all of them. Cool. All three. Cool. It's, so, it's a good purchase on any console. Yeah. It's a good purchase. And also, um, if you get it for them now and they pl- start playing it now, they get to participate in the Winter Wonderland event, which is loads of fun. So you should do and that. And you can get Hanzo's Beautiful, pants. beautiful skin. With the strange, strange pants. <laughs> the unfortunate pants. So, yeah, uh, the other thing that we've got going on, obviously, with the whole winter holiday thing, Winter Vale just started up in World of Warcraft. Nothing really super new this year. There are obviously going to be a couple of new presents under the tree. And there is a new battle pet that you can go and capture, the Globe Yeti, which spawns rarely in those big snow globes that appear in Stormwind and Orgrimmar. I have yet to even are see Are they in Dalaran, too? I'm not sure if they're in Dalaran. The, I believe they are also in Dalaran, yeah. I think they're in the, the, the major One, capitals, quote-unquote. Major right capital before cities. the Warlock uh, entrance, I think. Okay. I'm going to have to go yeah. take a look, because I have yet to see one of these Yetis, like, anywhere. Um, much less I capture one of them. To be honest, I'm, I'm busy kind with heroes. Of, I'm kind of back into the whole battle pet thing. So fair. <laughs> I, fair, I go back happens. and forth, and if I see one that's like really rare, I want to make sure that I grab it. Especially like the holiday ones, I want to make sure I grab those so that I don't have to grab them the following year. You know, 
You'll it, find them on the auction house here and there, depending on how rich you are. Yeah, but and I do have a lot of gold. I just don't want to spend it on pets, which is funny because yeah. I don't spend it on anything. <laughs> <laughs> right? It just sits there. I, I, every time I get a lot of gold, that's usually my issue. It just sits there, and I'm like, oh, I should spend this on a mount. Uh, but that's a lot of gold for a mount. But I have so much gold, and I'm not doing anything else with it. I need to figure out what to Save do with it all. Maybe a more expensive mount. <laughs> eh, maybe more than that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, the other thing going on in World of Warcraft, if you were playing Antorus the Burning Throne on Raid Finder, in, uh, or using the Raid Finder, Wing 2 opened up today. So you've got Wing 1 and Wing 2. Um I would suggest waiting until the wee hours to attempt it, because if you attempt it, like, the second it comes out, you usually run into a lot of mass chaos. This, which... this wing also has ENR, which is, in theory, it's a tower defense-style encounter. Mm, that's going to be um, fun coordinating a bunch of strangers to do. Yeah. It, it, I... It's actually, it shouldn't be that bad. Yeah? It's, it's, I mean, I don't know how it'll be tuned in LFR. It's going to be um, a cluster fudge basically because yeah. everyone's just going to be running all over the place it's I, it's not I don't a think hard so fight. I, I I think so here's here's all over I, I don't know so here's why and here here's why I don't think it's going to be that bad because looking at the way the fight is designed it first of all it's an incredibly awesome fight I absolutely love it and, oh, and so I can't yeah, wait I, is my least I, I like it because it's different and because it's something we haven't had in a raid environment forever um and it's just it's a new way of looking at it and it uses 3d space that isn't water and i'm cool with that um but that aside the big threats are the giant fell reavers basically everything else you know where it's eventually going to go to so if you do does lfr but that's the thing like they just go kill things right like that's what people do in lfr for the most part that's an easy thing stand in the middle kill anything that gets close to here go that's a really easy explanation and most dps uh, at least the ones that i've met no offense to any dps out that are actually are good or communicative or communicative uh but they like to stand in one place and push buttons and watch things fall over that's going to appeal to them and then you just have the but couple people that actually know what they do not really because it all goes to the same location and you have enough time between even on normal you have enough time uh between where that uh bridge lets off into the main uh platform until they get to A&R. So there's enough time in there that if the health bars are tuned down for LFR, which I would only assume that they would be, I don't think it's going to be as bad as everybody expected to. I oh, think okay. the fight that's going to be the really, really bad one is going to be Coven whenever we get to that one. I Co think that's going to be the showstopper. Isn't it? It, it takes a lot of coordination. I know and a lot I think, of people have trouble with it on Heroics, like as a roadblock. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the biggest problem. I think that one or uh, High Command are going to be the ones that are showstoppers for LFR. I think everything else is going to be fine. already on LFR, isn't it? I haven't done... Am I thinking of the council? I think... I have no. I don't know what order they're doing them in LFR, but I'm just saying I think that one would give people more problems than A&R. It'll be interesting. According to raids, half the raid gets locked out of A&R when he ran it. Yeah, that sounds about typical for day one LFR. Yeah, I'm going to wait until the weekend. <laughs> That's what I usually end up doing. I wait until like the end of the week in the evening because by then enough people have done it that they understand what's going on. And in the evening, people seem to be a little more chill for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and when I say evening, I mean really late evening, <laughs> like late, late, <laughs> like not middle of the day. 
basically nighttime. See, I, yeah. I don't have enough. I don't have enough bourbon to do LFR is what it boils down to. So I just <laughs> avoid it. For the LFR most is part. my only option right now. That is how I raid right now. Although some nice I mean, person you know, on Twitter. Yeah, we could, we could talk. I'm yeah, just saying. I know. Well, and some nice person on Twitter also offered to let me like sit in on one of their runs, like run through normal with them, which I'm actually considering because that could be fun. I mean, I'm not, I don't, don't get me wrong. I love raiding. I have been raiding since like vanilla and I raided like pretty seriously all the way up through and including Miss of Pandaria. I stepped back in Warlords of Draenor to just take a break from it and realize that free time is a really nice thing to have. <laughs> I could get yeah. so many other things done when I'm not killing internet at dragons. <laughs> so I just didn't step back into it with Legion. I kind of wish maybe I had, but at the same time, I don't know if I have the time for it, you know, to do like three nights a week or whatever people were requiring well, for it. I'm just saying, I know a really friendly guild with people you already know that only do twice a week and are cool with you if you have to come and go and we're horde side already and we got some really good healers that'll keep you alive through some really weird stuff. Just just throwing that out there. Okay. I'll keep that in mind, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That that all said, Ianar's room is gorgeous. Like it is oh, yeah. one it's beautiful. of the best looking places. It's beautiful. Um so yeah, if you haven't experienced any of that yet, hey, duck into LFR. And I think Rossi said that he likes to go early morning. Like that's when he finds the best groups is early morning. So I just go your when mileage, I have that free time you were yeah, for. Yeah, your mileage may vary wherever you go, but um I guarantee you that waiting a couple of days for people to figure out what they're doing and actually read the dungeon journal. Oh, by the way, before you go into LFR, you should read the dungeon journal just to make sure you have like a basic understanding of what you should be doing <laughs> while you're in there. What? I'm just I'm just saying reading Crazy the instructions. Talk. Reading the instructions is not a bad thing, people. It really isn't. Uh, there's been a bunch of other stuff coming out too. We're not going to get too far into it because I don't want to get into spoiler material, but Wowhead has been doing a lot of data mining on the 7.3.5 PTR, and there's been a lot of stuff coming out about the allied races, including the requirements to unlock those races. Um, now we were told a really cool scenario. I think we just got more info too because it built over for the show. We did, Um, and I'm not going to go. Like I said, I'm not going to go into all of it, all of it. But what I am going to go into is basically what you need to be set up for to get the different ones that have been data mined on the PTR so far. So you've got the Nightborn, right? The Nightborn, you have to be exalted with the Nightfallen, and you have to complete Good Samaritan, which is the Suramar campaign. Um, for Void Elves, you have to be exalted with uh, the Argusian Reach and complete the You Are Now Prepared section, the Argus campaign, basically. Um, Lightforged Renai, you want to be exalted with Army of the Light and complete Again, the Argus campaign. And then with the Tauren, the High Mountain Tauren, you have to be exalted with the High Mountain and complete Ain't No Mountain High Enough, which is pretty much, it's the High Mountain storyline. That's yeah, it. It's, I mean, it, it sounds like these are the equivalent of uh, Broken Isles Pathfinders. Like, yeah. Basically play the game, like play through the, the Legion content once. Yeah, and that's not the only thing that you need, obviously. You have to have Battle for Azeroth because this is a Battle for Azeroth feature. You have to have a level 110 already on that server, and you have to complete. There is a scenario event type thing that you do to unlock these different races, which, again, we were told at BlizzCon, so that's not a surprise. Um, 
I can't say that I'm really unhappy with any of these requirements. I mean, they're kind of no-brainers. If you're going to bring in somebody as an ally, they should probably like you, like really, really like you. <laughs> so, yeah. so being exalted... I mean, it's not as bad as it could have been, like, or at least no. so far. Like, it could, it could get much, much worse, or, it, or at least... I was honestly expecting to jump through way more hoops. Right. And odds are, if you've been playing Legion all along here, you're either exalted already or close to exalted with all of the factions required here. Um, and, and not only that, but the, when they release uh, the next expansion, Blizzard has a, a track record of releasing uh, rep catch-up mechanics anyway. Well, there's already rep catch-up mechanics, because, I mean, right, right now, um, today, I don't know if it's on all servers, but I know on all the servers that I play on, there's a Kirin Tor emissary out. And if you do the uh, three quests for the Kirin Tor, three daily quests for the Kirin Tor, um, I shouldn't call them daily quests, I should call them world quests. Anyway, you do those for the Karen Tor, the reward when you go to turn in is you get a rep token for whatever rep you want. High Mountain is there. Nightfallen is there. Um, Argusian Reach and Army of the Light are not there. Those are very Argus specific. Basically, if you want a Void Elf or you want a Light Forged Renai, you should be playing Argus and doing Argus uh, world quests pretty religiously here. It doesn't take that long to get exalted. Because, I mean, I got Which... I got exalted with both of them. Again, this is kind of interesting to me in that the Alliance side has the Argus portion and the Horde has the Broken Isles portion rather than, you know, one of each for each faction. It's yeah. a little odd. Um, these Are these account-wide? I thought they said they would be, but do we yeah. know for sure? Yeah, the, the, the tracking achievements for these things, they're listed as account-wide progress, so I don't mm-hmm. you don't have to get them on every character on your account because that would be okay. absurd. You just need to have yeah. it on one character. So, like, my rogue has exalted with everything ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't I have mean, to think about it. I'm just, yeah, you, I'll you go unlock it with once. a rogue. I'm good. Huh? You have to do these once to unlock them. Yes, like, you have to do them once to unlock them. Don't worry about them. them on more than one character. My big thing right now is that I need to take my alliance characters and get an alliance character um, exalted with Argusian Reach and Army of the Light. Because I have the Horde character exalted already. I don't have the alliance equivalent um, exalted. But the nice thing about this is this is all stuff that you can work on right now. I mean, this is all stuff that you can do right now for stuff that's coming out way in the future whenever it's coming out. A lot of people have been speculating that since there is so much of this material that is on the 7.3.5 PTR that we're going to get a pre-order for Battle for Azeroth relatively soon and people are going to be start be able to start playing these races, the allied races, before Battle for Azeroth is released. I don't really know how feasible that is, but I mean, they're putting the information out there. <laughs> yeah, and they've come out and said, "Oh no, we're just you know this is pre eight point like this is eight point stuff. It's just in the files." But like, eh, you got a lot of the uh, the Legion factions there, but there's not a whole lot of data mining on the Zandalari trolls or the Dark Iron Dwarves. So no, there's not. It um, seems like we'll get these early. And the thing is, is the Zandalari obviously those are going to be involved with Battle for Azeroth proper because that's when they come in. Like, that's yeah. when we're first introduced to them. The Dark Iron Dwarves, I don't know why that would be Battle for Azeroth only, although there have been some hints that it's, like, tied to stuff that happens in Kul Tiras. Again, this is all, like, data mine material. I don't know how much of it is accurate to anything. Um, but regardless, 
those two races in particular, it looks like those guys are going to have to be, like, we're going to have to wait until Battle for Azeroth. These other four are the ones that people are kind of questioning and wondering about because, like I said, all of this material is going up on the PTR. Doesn't that mean something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, question for you guys. When do you think the PTR is going to hit? Not necessarily the allied races and, you know, if they pre-order or whatever, but just the PTR itself. What do you or mean? 735, like, I mean. When 735 is going to yeah, hit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Joe, you got a speculation? Mm, probably relatively soon with the way they're pushing, but I would say maybe end of January, early February at the earliest. When See, did... When did the last patch come out? <laughs> Not too long 77 ago. 77 days. Yeah. No. They've um, been pretty they've stuck with that pretty good, Mitch, is what I'm saying here. I I forget when the AQ event is, but I am thinking before that because there's a lot in the files for that. Mm -hmm. And it seems weird that they would have so much stuff in for that if it weren't coming for another year. Well, right. not only that, but it's one of those things where like if you work in software distribution, you tend to work in sprints and then you try to put as much into a sprint as you can so like if you have a bunch of stuff going out for a release for like an event like the aq stuff or whatever you generally if you have bandwidth you'll piggyback something else in it to make that worthwhile to make up the work or or story points so to speak as as you're building that package so i I'm, i think you're actually on the right track there mitch i think that they're going to put more into that patch before that comes out because it's already going to be there it's it's be it's beneficial from a release standpoint to do so okay sorry yeah. <laughs> no it's software my head around this mitch is I thinking think, uh, very hard yeah i think someone in chat says 23rd to the 21st to the 23rd for call of scarab yeah so i'm thinking before the third week in january i just want to go back to when they release the last patch and count out the 77 days and see where they're at I don't think the last patch stuck to the 77-day rule. Or... It was it was right around there. Yes. It was right around there. Um, they've been pretty good about releasing stuff kind of on a timely schedule. It's weird. It's really weird. Um, and everybody's been, like, watching it, and the reason why they're watching it and going, 77 days, like, this is kind of unheard of for Blizzard, honestly. Um, they Do you don't... remember Warlords? Warlords was, like... <laughs> It was spaced out very awkwardly. And then Missa Pandaria, they threw the patches out there real quick. Like, they just kept throwing them at us, and that was great and everything. But then we had that giant gap at the end of the expansion. So it, it makes me wonder, you know, again, I'm kind of wondering, well, when are we going to get Battle for Azeroth? Like, when are we going to get a release date for that? When are we going to see Alpha for that matter? Um, one of the other things that was data mined earlier this week was apparently there was a push to put an Alpha client out there. Um, nothing else beyond Bleep. that. It was just, oh, the data files are existing, or it's called this. <laughs> That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> but if they're setting it up, is does that mean we're getting it soon? Like, soon TM or soon soon? You know, that kind of thing. I'm thinking soon soon. People are just chomping at the bit. They just want some new stuff. They want some new stuff to look at. They want to see what this Battle for Azeroth thing is all about. And I don't blame them. I'm one of them. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, the other stuff that's going on that was data mined, there's going to be some fairly significant changes to Ulduar with patch 7.3.5. Oh, yeah. Because it introduces Ulduar time walking. And in order to do that, they've also like changed a bit about how Ulduar is set up in, in terms of like groups and things like that. Um, there's not going to be an 
10 and 25 man Ulduar anymore. There's just going to be a merged flex size raid called Ulduar Normal that drops loot from both difficulties and you can have up to 30 players in it. And that's I like this. Well, here's the thing. It's mm. it's good for time walking, I guess, but for people who farm transmog yeah. that want one one specific type or one specific look, they will set the raid to whatever difficulty so that they can farm that particular appearance. And now they aren't going to have that option. It's going to be a little more random than it used to be. So if you're farming Ulduar for set pieces, um, if you're farming it for heroic or regular set pieces, I would recommend um, maybe over your holiday break taking some time to go through and give Ulduar another couple of good farms before 735 comes out because... And- it's going to be a little more random afterwards. If you're Blizzard, might I suggest increasing the number of drops per boss? Yeah, that would be nice. Um, um, the other thing that's happening here, though, there's a couple of cool things that happen with this, right? Um, one of the cool things that happens with this is that if you complete the Ulduar meta achievement, the raid meta achievement, there used to be a separate mount. There was a mount for 10 man and a mount for 25 man. Since there's just one meta now, you get both drakes off of the one meta achievement, which is great if you don't have these already. <laughs> you can wait. You can do the whole whole raid meta thing on your own, and you can get both drakes at once. That's not bad. I'm not. I'm not unhappy about all of these changes. I'm really I, not. See, the reason I like it is because I'm hoping they do it with more. And I know it would mess up loot sometimes, but I really want them to do it with something like Ice Crown or just all old raids, especially the the Wrath ones, because the holy Wrath crap, were got, the difficulties confusing. Yeah, they got very convoluted there because Ulduar was the one where you went in, you just went into the raid on normal or heroic or whatever. You went into the raid. It was 10 or 25. You went in on 10 or 25, and the hard mode quote unquote version of it was an action you performed while you were fighting in the raid like if you destroyed xt's heart while you were fighting him like he dropped his heart you and gauge, you destroyed it yeah, you then you hard engage mode. hard mode and and that's how these particular encounters work right after that when they came out with um oh the whole trial Trial yeah, of Trial of the Crusader, Trial of the Champion, all of that stuff. When they came out with that, that's when they split it into normal, heroic, 10, 25. So you had four different difficulties that you could conceivably raid each week. And if you were in some really ridiculous raid guilds, like, I don't know, me, <laughs> you raided all four you of them. You did all four of them, yep. Every yep. week. This is how we get the best gear. <laughs> it was this horrible. is your life now. You got so burned out. And uh, it was the, sa- the same thing applied with Ice Crown Citadel. It was, you know, 10-man normal, 10-man heroic, 25-man normal, 25-man heroic. All of them had different loot tables. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. So, yeah, I do appreciate the fact that they're kind of, like, trying to normalize stuff here, particularly, you know, in the face of Ulduar time walking. It's just as somebody that religiously collects transmog like you would not believe because you know me i'm nuts about it i really am um it's just i kind of go at anything that makes that transmog collecting potentially more difficult than it needs to be it's a fun thing to do it's a light-hearted fun thing to do it doesn't need to be a challenge and it definitely doesn't need to be something that's relegated to the rng gods any more than it already is you know what i mean yeah, yeah the, I'm, I mean, I'm just hoping there's an easy solution more. for that, though, like if they decided to implement it, because if you have, um, eh, sorry, <laughs> that's Sylvanas, so, just so, so, I... Sylvanas, the dirt puppy needed to be heard. <laughs> um, 
it's they could easily make it so that instead of having two different loot tables for each item like they do with some of the set pieces it's just one item that unlocks both colorations for you or something like that if they made a change like that that would that would solve that problem for all the transmog hunters while still allowing them to sort of do what they need to do to make sure it's balanced for the other things that they want to do and as a transmog hunter Please, I would love a system like that where I could get both colors of something. I when would they finally actually be the, okay. Like, I would be token, okay. Yeah. I, that was great. That was fantastic. I would be okay with something where if it drops, you unlock both color appearances for that item. That would be fantastic. I'd be all for that. Hey, Blizzard, do that. <laughs> then <laughs> the I'll have is, no problems with Yeah, we'll them. Nope. Don't forget about the transmoggers. No problems with Ulduar whatsoever if you implement that. Just make it make it happen. Just make it unlock in the wardrobe. Come on, you can do it. You've got coders. They're great. All right. Um, I think that kind of wraps us up for news. We should probably get to the emails. Before we do, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out the Curiosity Stream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity. With Curiosity Stream, you can watch over 1,500 science, history, tech, and nature documentaries whenever you ha- wherever you happen to be. In other words, it's kind of like Netflix, but it's just for documentaries and education. But there's all kinds of cool stuff on there. Like, there's all kinds of really cool documentaries on there. You can try the service with a one-week free trial, and the subscriptions start at just $2.99 a month. New shows are added every week, and that kind of makes it worth sticking around. So you can find Curiosity Stream again. That's at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity, where every new subscription supports our show and everything that we do. Um, emails. If you have an email for the podcast, you can send that to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just be sure that you put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show and not the lore show. Because we have two of them. We do. Joe knows we do. He's on both today. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Our first email. Our first email. Let's go ahead and go to Schnauzer Cat here, who says, "Any word yet on how they're?" Huh? That's a normal sentence. Yeah, Schnauzer Cat. (laughs) I like that name, honestly. (laughs) Okay, Schnauzer Cat asks, "Any word yet on how they're going to handle loot tables with the new level scaling? What happens if my level one tin character needs some linen or wool, or I'm hunting for a particular green armor piece that used to drop in the level thirty range?" Thanks. So they're talking about the level scaling in terms of level scaling when you go back to Old World Azeroth. Uh, well, for starters, I, I don't have a, a perfect answer, but I do know that um, the scaling only goes up so high. Like, it doesn't go all the way to max level. So, uh, I mean, if you're a max level, you're not going to be competing for gear with the lower level, if that's what you were getting at with some of this. Here's um, what they're saying, though. Is that a lot of these leveling zones, they will go from like level 20 through level 60, right? So if you're a level 110 and you go back and everything is level 60, does that mean you're not going to get those linen and wool drops? Does that mean you're not going to get the low level drops and the low level appearances? Man, how are you going to complete that 12 set now? Mm hmm. (laughs) I. Look, Twill is pretty snazzy, okay? I used to like the calico sets. Anyway. Um, I'm assuming the loot tables will be the same as they are now. Like, if it... I would hope so. Like, I, I don't think they need to make it complicated. Like, if it's currently a level, you know, 5 through 10 mob that drops linen, even if it scales in the next patch, don't have it, like, drop wool at a certain level, uh, silk at another level. Just leave leave the linen to those mobs. Leave the wool to the mobs that are currently, you know... I'm assuming... Yeah, I'm assuming that what they'll do is that they will do those profession-based drops, like the linen, the wool, silk, all of that stuff, 
it will be region based rather than level based as far as the loot tables go because I mean if you go in the barrens what are you going to find in the barrens you're going to find linen and wool that's what you find right now I don't yeah. see a reason for them to change that just because the level of the zone has changed for the people that are visiting there it's still like the same stuff um, and I don't think that they're going to do anything with that but I don't have we gotten any kind of official word on that I don't think we have I don't, I don't think they've posted officially, and I don't know if anyone's looked into it. I haven't heard reports of people saying it's working improperly, though. And, I mean, usually by now, like, the PTR's been out a decent amount of time where someone would have probably noticed that. But it's something to definitely keep an eye out for. And this is another thing a while back, not a while back, a couple of weeks ago, they were saying they're looking for people to test leveling specifically on the PTR because they really want to get it right. And this is one of those things where, you know, if you have a question like this and it, you can't find an answer somewhere, it couldn't hurt to test. Test it but, on the uh, PTR, and if it's not yeah. working correctly, then that's something that you want to mention on the feedback forums. Yep. And say, hey, so uh, how am I supposed to get wool for lower level recipes at level 110 if I can't yeah. get wool? <laughs> I mean... The auction house, I guess you could stand to make a killing on the auction house, but that wouldn't be really practical. You know what I mean? Yeah, someone, Slowpoke is, is a gamer in chat, is also saying uh, apparently they stripped out most of the low level enchanting mats and replaced it with a single crystal. Oh. Let me do that for similar professions. So I guess that's an alternate solution is to just replace the current, like, cost materials with something else and just that's have it be weird. the same. I, it, that's a weirder approach than I would expect from them. I mean, I. I guess it simplifies things, but... Maybe it has it is... something to do with the code. Yeah, who, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, it's something to keep an eye out for, and I, I'll try to look into that, too, because I'm curious now. Because, okay. I, I, yeah, I didn't quite get what, you, what the question was asking when I first read this, but now that I get it, like, I, <laughs> I'm really curious. Joe, you got anything to add to that? Not on that topic, no. All right. Um, we're going to go back up to the first question here from 6000 who says, So here's my quandary. Even though all signs point to this, I have trouble stomaching that Sylvanas is going to burn down Teldrassil and start another preemptive war on her own. Not because I don't think that she's capable of it, but because it's been done. We just had this with Garrosh. On top of that, too, are we also expecting to change war chiefs again? This will be our fifth war chief out of the last six expansions. I know Blizzard has a bad <laughs> habit of retelling the same tale, but they can't be serious, can they? Um... I know that we've talked about this topic like a lot, like a lot, a lot, like so much over the last, like since BlizzCon, we've talked it back and forth here, but um, we have Joe here. So I figure, well, why don't we get Joe's perspective on this? What do you think? Go Joe. Oh man. Sorry. Uh, I don't think she's going away anytime soon. And I don't think she's going to be replaced as war chief at the, at, at, at the core function of it. She's making this choice. Yeah, there's some selfishness in it, but she also like even if you read like the 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 chapter that was sort of leaked or, or given out for the preview for the the, the book and the and prologue, else, yeah, the prologue. She's doing it because in the the horde has been geared up into a war machine for so long now that it's one of those things where going back to an idle life is not easy for them. Yeah. They want to go back home to their families and stuff like that. But if you spend so long being embroiled in war, civilian life becomes difficult. This is a real life lesson that I think is being reflected here a little bit too. And so what she's doing is keeping them not idle. She's, she's making decisions that are going to to take them into the, the next logical step. And yeah, this is retaliation. Yes, this is, 
whatever advancement for her own plans that she has going on. But at the end of the day, too, if she just let everybody go away, the Horde would likely dissolve and then be probably picked apart by the Alliance at some point. So... I, I think we're I think we're past the live and let live section. So at least a little bit uh, because the big threats now gone, I, quote unquote. I, I don't want to want to get too deep into this because it's a fun topic. Uh, are you saying you think Sylvanas is actually responsible for Teldrassilo? Either she is or she has knowledge of it. Like I, it may like, not be like her she has knowledge that someone's going to do it or afterwards she's like, oh, I know that it wasn't me, but I have found out it was so and so. I think it could be also be more like here are our targets. Go handle them. And then, OK, your your group is going to go do this. Your group is going to go do that. Your group is going to go do this. And they're hit. Maybe she just puts somebody in charge of it or somebody says, oh, she, she wants us to attack Darnassus. Well, we have to climb all the way up there. It's wood. Huh? All right, matchstick, please. Sweet. Okay. I just saved a whole bunch of lives. She's going to be real happy with that. Like, I don't know. Maybe she's directly culpable for it. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's not like there isn't a history of things going on behind her back that she doesn't have complete knowledge of, or, you know, at least presumably that she didn't have complete knowledge of. So I, I don't know. And and honestly, in this, for, for anybody that doesn't listen to Lower Watch, I would highly recommend listening to the last one since we talked specifically about the great trees and the world trees. I'm not as upset with Teldrassil burning as a lot of people are. And for I'm not upset those about you, it at all. For those of you on um, that are supporting us via Patreon, that episode is already available. For those of you that aren't supporting us via Patreon, that episode will be able be available at 10 a.m. on Christmas morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Mitch, what um, do you think? So, one, I don't think she did it. Um, I don't know who did it. I mean, I have theories, but I have there are a lot of theories that make sense in my head. Um, I don't think, and I'm part of this is I don't think it'll happen, and part of it is I hope to God Blizzard doesn't do this again. I don't think they'll replace a war chief again, and also it's Sylvanas. So many people love her that like. They'd have a bigger riot than, I don't know, Ravenholt, something else. People would not be happy if Sylvanas died off. And if she doesn't die off and gets replaced as War Chief, I still don't think they'll be happy because that's uh, why. Like, why would that happen? So I don't basically I don't think she's going to be replaced. No, I, I think Blizzard has learned that lesson. I don't think she's responsible for the burning, uh, which, again, is a different discussion. But uh Yeah. I'm pretty much at the point where I kind of hate this question. And I don't mean that like, oh my gosh, I loathe this question. I mean that when I'm posed this question, like when people ask me this question, it's almost like the question doesn't have a point at this point in time because we don't know enough about the situation to make any kind of call on it. We have the tiniest tidbit. We have that little prologue snippet from Before the Storm. And that's it. That's all we've got going. And, and a couple and of Im- pictures, a couple yeah. of images. That's it. <laughs> like that's yeah. not enough to build any kind of supposition over. So I'm I'm one of those people who's like I would rather wait and see before I start you know getting upset about anything. There's nothing really here to get upset about. It's a fictional video game. I don't mind <laughs> characters, speculating. Like, characters are doing things in the fictional video game. It's okay, folks. <laughs> things are going to happen. <laughs> I have fun speculating and like I do you like know, speculating, figuring out what's going to be right in the end. 
don't but get people me... are getting real upset over I this know. one. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love well, doing I mean... the whole tinfoil hat thing. That's that's what I really like doing is doing that kind of thing. It's just that when I do my tinfoil hat stuff, I'm usually drawing on existing information and kind of building from there. We don't even really have enough of a base of existing information to kind of build anything that looks feasible at this point. We have a bunch of guesswork. And, and, and to be fair, too, I understand why people are getting upset, especially about Teldrassil, because it has been a very Look, big point of player, man, like Night Elf players, like experience since my first well, moment for 14 years now. Yeah, my first moment logging into World of Warcraft was back in um, beta, like the original beta. And I logged in and I made a Night Elf because elves were pretty. <laughs> and I wanted to see what that was all about because they had a really pretty intro screen. I'm like, okay, let's make an elf. And I logged in, and the first thing I saw was like the boughs of Teldrassil, this giant tree. And I didn't understand that it was a giant tree until I fell off of it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's so good. <laughs> I didn't think I could, and I did. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> That was beta for me. Mm, beta was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I have, like, really strong memories associated with that structure. It's a beautiful piece of scenery. It's a beautiful starting zone. It's one of my favorite starting zones. The fact that it's going to be going away is a little scary. Well, and maybe. But, I mean, we like I said, we talked about this a, a little bit in, before, but I'll bring it up. I mean, we've had world trees or great trees quote unquote die right but they didn't but really die let me finish here though what i'm saying is you know the thought of that going away is scary the thought of like all of those memories that i built going away is kind of scary because it's like this is you know an institution of world of warcraft that has been here since day one it is a faction capital city why would you get we we have had terrible things happen like Theramore, Theramore is gone now, but Theramore was not a faction capital. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, on the one but, hand, it's really intimidating because you're like, well, what's going to happen to this thing? On the other hand, it's almost kind of exciting because it's like, well, where are they going to take the story from here? What are they going to, what, what are the night elves going to do in the face of this? Where are they going to go from here? What, and, what's it going to be? And I, and I'm excited to see that, you know? <laughs> The other thing that the other thing I want to throw out there too, and I understand uh, where people are getting upset about this, is not just because of it being so iconic. From that, it's it's also that an often forgotten group of of players are the our peers. And I mean, like you said, Theramore, yeah, it wasn't a capital city, but a lot of people were very upset about what happened to it because I had a group that, that, was that hung their base. out there. Yeah, I yeah. had a group that hung out there a lot, and all of a sudden it's like, oh and well, I guess have... we could go talk to the time dragon if we want to do that. Yeah, and and you, I mean, now you have that, and then you have, I mean, in in Darnassus in particular, now you have Worgen, and, and that's a lot of places where they hang out too, because you know the whole healing tree thing that's going on there. So I totally get it. Like I one hundred percent get it. I don't want anybody to think that we're 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 dismissive of the fact that people are genuinely upset about it, because it is one hundred percent understandable. These cities, in some ways, are even more important than the NPCs that people latch onto, uh, for various reasons. Um, that said, I am with Anne. I am very interested to see what comes next and it's because a there's too, always some interesting things. It's a little too early to jump the gun into being really upset until we get more information about what's going on. You know, just 
cool your heels a little bit, let Blizzard tell the story that they want to tell here, take a look at what it's going to be, and then draw your conclusions from that. Don't don't just latch on to the tiny little tidbit that they gave us and, and think that that's the be-all, end-all of everything. There's usually more to it than those little tidbits that they feed us at BlizzCon. A lot more to it than what they feed us at BlizzCon. So, I don't know. I hope we get Alpha soon. <laughs> that might explain some things. I don't know. Uh, next email is from Sevatar, who says, Hey, Watchers, whatever happened to Blizzard's publishing arm that they announced? With such a rich and diverse lore, surely there's a market for a lot more stories being published. Games Workshop, for example, releases a couple of novels a month, whereas WoW gets one a year, if we're lucky. WoW now has, at least in my opinion, a more quote-unquote mature audience that would surely be enthusiastic about reading more about the universe. I understand Blizzard is protective of the IP, but surely if it's all done in-house, they could manage that. If they only released ebooks, I'd be entirely happy. Any thoughts? And if so, what would you like to read about? Cheers, Sevatar. First of all, I want to say fist bump to Sevatar because you are totally first captain of the Night Lords, and I think that's where you got that name from. If so, <laughs> super high five. Nerd! Uh, I am, I, dude. I'm, a, I am a huge 40k nerd. I, we're, I have we're, made, we're all nerds here. It's okay. Oh, oh yeah. But it, it, this is something I actually have really strong feelings about because this is something I really wanted to see Blizzard do. Yeah. And GW is a great example of a company who owned their fluff, um, decided that they wanted to make something called they they have an entire branch called the Black Library, uh, which does all of their their stuff. And we're talking they they are pumping out audio dramas, books, comics. Uh, they are really going hard with their fluff to to make it accessible to players outside of the game. And we've seen Blizzard already start to sort of lean that way, especially with things like Overwatch and, and, and you know, and, and even with WoW, with more more books coming out, um, even the publications of Chronicles. Those are great examples of something that would be absolutely perfect coming out from an in-house publisher. That said, I, I I can understand maybe where they don't want to necessarily get into that because that is its own nightmare. But I would love to see that. I would love to see more books. I would love to see more stories, uh, novellas. I would love to see the trade papers and comics that, you know, we were promised at this point. I mean, geez, when we were promised that Overwatch one that never happened. I mean, I would love to see a, a publishing branch of Blizzard doing specifically that type of thing. Because I love that stuff. And I love the idea of having a centralized location where the fluff lives, where it's sort of curated and then produced and pushed out to the masses. I don't know whatever happened to it. I remember that BlizzCon when they were talking about that. And it just sort of never happened. I w- and, and nobody's asked about it either in interviews, too. Like I, I, That's another weird thing that I didn't think about until seeing this question. Like I will look back. Nobody's asked about that. I think maybe one of us should. I totally forgot it was a thing until this email, and then I was like, oh, I don't really have an answer. Well, here's what they're doing. Here's what they have done, is that they are systematically re-releasing the old books that have been out of print for a very long time. I believe they either just released or they're going to release very shortly here the War of the Ancients trilogy that was like next on the list of... um, the books that they're re-releasing. So if you haven't been able to get your hands on those old Blizzard books, sit tight because they are like, they're going through and they're republishing all of these so that you can purchase them brand new all over again. That's good. They're coming out with another traveler book, which is the children's novel that they did. Um, I believe there's a volume two that is on the way before the storm is coming out. We do know that. Um, other than that, the world of Warcraft stuff has been, see, this is one of my only eh, about Legion, right? Because I go back, I mean, 
Okay, if you go to our website right now and you click on columns and you hit Know Your Lore, at the top of the Know Your Lore page there, there's a chronological guide of every book, short story, comic, everything else that they have released so far. And if you scroll down to the Cataclysm and the Mists of Pandaria sections in particular, there is a wealth of short stories, so many of them, because they release these massive collections in both of those expansions. In Warlords of Draenor, that abruptly kind of cut off. We got a few short stories, we got a few comics, and that was it. We didn't even get a novel for Warlords of Draenor. We we didn't get a novel. What we got was War Crimes, and that was more of a finishing tale to Miss Pandaria than it was about Warlords itself. It was it was really good. It was, yeah, it was a very good book. Don't get me wrong. It just had nothing to do with Warlords of Draenor. We didn't get a proper novel for Warlords of Draenor. It just didn't happen. Um, Legion, we got the World of Warcraft Illidan novel, and that was it. And we've had comics that came out, but that's about it. We've had a couple of, we've had a couple of audio dramas. And in comparison to these earlier ones, it's kind of falling short. (laughs) Do you, do you think this has anything to do with, putting a lot of emphasis on chronicle or do you think that's I think, unrelated i think that part of it is is that a lot of these authors who were doing the blizzard short stories are now doing short stories for like all of the ips so we've got overwatch stories that are coming out and Overwatch stories and comics that are coming out and don't get me wrong i absolutely love those i want them to keep doing those too and then we've got the hearthstone stuff that's coming out hearthstone has actually released a couple of comics here which was kind of like oh you're doing that now? Okay, cool. Um, and they're very lighthearted and fun. Um, not super heavy on the lore or anything. It's more like a fun side piece to go along with the fun game that they put out. Um, most recently they had uh, what, Ceiling Goes Down or something like that. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but it was about kobolds. It was a comic about kobolds for the kobolds and catacombs release. And that was real cute too. It's just, I miss the short stories. I really do. Um and I don't know what we need to be doing to get those back again, but I wish they would kind of do it because I liked those. I liked those a lot. And on the other hand, I do kind of see where they're coming from, though, because it's it's more of a matter of if they put out this material, is this material going to sell? And how is it going to sell? Because it takes a lot of time to write a book. It takes a lot of time to put a book together. What? It takes a lot of people to put a book together. No. <laughs> there are a lot As of... As a writer, there's, there's, I am shocked. There is, there is more than just the author writing the words that go on the page. There is a whole team and crew of people that are involved in the process of publishing a book. And if the sales don't make enough to cover the cost of paying those people and that you know make a little extra on the side well then is it really worth the time that you've invested in that project so maybe that's what they're looking at maybe that's why they're going the audiobook route or maybe they just decided the audio drama thing was a fun new thing to try out to see how it performs that's cool and everything but I would like their short stories to come back <laughs> I miss them uh, Slowpoke <laughs> did point out was it Warlord or no uh, Kata and Miss they were doing the leader short stories yeah, too they did the leader short stories and then they did the faction short stories um, and then Warlords they just kind of fell way below the mark with that one and then with Legion Legion is one of those expansions where it was like man this could use some short stories throughout it really could there's so much going on here um the one that we got, uh, Dark Mirror. Oh yeah, the um, the dark something. I don't know if it was Dark Mirror, but the one about uh, Nathanos. The one about Nathanos, and yeah, it's Dark Mirror. 
Uh, Steve Denuser okay. wrote that one, and it was about Sylvanas and Nathanos. That one in particular, that was a really good short story. Really, really good. And it explained a little bit more about the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on. And it also explained why Nathanos looks a lot different right now. Um, there's actually a legit lore reason for it. I think that's great. There are moments that they could have been doing this throughout the expansion. With so many different class campaigns and so much going on at any given point in time, depending on what class you played, they could have gone nuts with this. They could have done like a series of short stories that were based on class. You know what I mean? Especially explaining some of the the other things. Like there's some, I I hate to say it like this, I don't want to say loose ends, but like, as a shaman, I have some very strong feels about Magatha, um, and I feel even that would have served from you know some short stories explaining the aftermath of bringing her into yeah. the the shaman order hall. Well, because and, and the thing is, is like every class has that question. Every yeah. class has that little loose end that needs to be tied up. A short story, like a series of short stories, would have fit in really well right there. Um, I don't mean to, like, dog on Blizzard's publishing team or anything like that. Because, dude, these guys are great. They put out great stuff. It's just, I want more of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. We like it so much that we want more of it. (laughs) We like it so much, we would love a lot more of it. You you know what would be a a cool short story, now that you mentioned class stuff, is... Uh Everybody has wanted Night Elf Paladins since, spoiler, that one person did the one thing. Um, have tell a short her story. story. Yeah, tell her story <laughs> and have it like be as a, an introduction to having these in the game. Like, how does she pass this along to the Night Elves? Yeah. Um, I Anything think that like really that. Cool. Anything like but, that yeah, would be really like good. Yeah, stuff like that would be awesome for short stories. So, um, we, we want them. Yeah, Blizzard Publishing, if you happen to be listening to this. We just want more of your stuff. That's it. We're really big fans. Please give us more of it. <laughs> uh, that I think, though, that kind of wraps us up for emails. We do have a couple that I think we'll just go ahead and carry over into next week's show. So if your email wasn't answered, don't worry. We will get to it. I promise. And if you have a question for the show that you haven't seen pop up and you'd like to send that in our direction, you can do so by emailing podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Make sure you put Blizzard Watch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. And please try to keep your questions brief because we do have to read them on the air. We don't need to read a novella. I'm sorry. Uh, Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And again, you can find CuriosityStream at blizzardwatch.com slash curiosity where every new subscription, that'll actually help support our show and everything that we do if you're interested in checking that out. Um, Joe, thank you very much for filling in today. I really want to thank you guys for having me along. Seriously. Yeah. I had a blast. Rossi will be back with us next week in case anybody is wondering. And also don't forget to tune in for the live show. That's Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. Central. We will be giving away a mess of digital codes for all kinds of stuff because Winter Vale isn't over on December 25th. We're going to keep going and we're going to give you more. So be sure to tune in. Thank you guys very much for listening and we will see you next week.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.